Today on Trading Group Live, Ben Steger, Juanchit Kim, and I talk about the upcoming Shooter Summit and our plans for the event. We also recap our first drill of the month and discuss some of the takeaways and breakthroughs we saw in the thread. After the paywall, we introduce our next drill of the month, Bar Hop, as we explain the drill and share some of the issues we see students struggle with when practicing the drill. Welcome to Training Group Live, your home for all things practical shooting. So make ready, it's time to train. Welcome to Training Group Live. Today, we have a special treat. We have Ben Steger. Hello. And Mr. Quanchit Kim. Hello. Better known as the professor. <laughs> I like well, that. It's true. I mean, you have a, a very analytic, analytical mind, if I can talk correctly, and uh, you say a lot of smart stuff. So we have the whole gang today, and there's a couple of things I would like to accomplish. First, I wanted to talk about the update to training group. We've redone the drills. Uh, what? We got new forum software as well. Should yes. maybe point that out. Oh, yeah. All right. That's been a lot of work for you. Uh... Uh, troubleshooting, I think, Joel. That was a little bit of a headache. All right, Ben. Uh, you can kick it off then. What should people know? Um, well, we've uh, basically, I mean, this isn't strictly true, but in a lot of ways, we, we've kind of gone to training group 2.0. So we're on new forum software, which is, uh, it's different. It's a lot more powerful. Uh, and I think it looks a little bit cleaner and it's definitely solved a lot of our search issues. So that was, that's forever been an issue for us to get the search function to work right. The reason that's a problem is because we have, uh, different tiers of membership and it creates all these, uh, privacy permissions issues. That's mostly what, uh, the troubleshooting was about, right, Joel? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there were some speed issues. This, I think the forum's noticeably faster now also in loading. Yes. Absolutely. So, so two after two years, we basically changed the forum software, so where it'll be more searchable. It'll do a lot of things we need to do on the back end better. Um, and now we have a whole new section of drills with a tiered system for levels. Uh, so as you look at it, if you're if you're a member, it looked like a whole new thing, pretty much. Yeah, and yep. it mirrors what we've done with the book. So level one, two, three, four inside the forum. Yep. So if you are a level two guy or level three guy, you go to your level, you're looking at drills that we suggest you be, you know, working on in your level and then correct expectations and goals for that level. Mm -hmm. So I think that's yeah. the expect tailoring the expectations to the shooters skill level, I suppose, is uh, yeah. I think good because it'll give you, I think, better results. Yes. What do you say, Mr. Kim? Is this all sounding accurate? Yes, and the level system, uh, I really like it because uh, the goal of the, each tier or uh, which level you are is pretty clear. Like, for example, uh, B class or making a master jam kind of thing. And also, we are going to be adding the related links to specific drills in level system. So you just go to specific drill. Uh, for example, movement drill, and you'll find some related links there. So you can just go. I think that's going to be the first place to visit. It, it could be a very good idea if you join PSTG. Uh, of course, go to like announcement section, but go to level system, and then you'll find a lot of uh, good starting points there. Yeah. Cool. I like it. 
Um, another bit of housekeeping I suppose I wanted to talk about is the summit, which will be opening registration probably within a month or so. Sometime, I guess, for to actually date it, uh, sometime in March we'll be opening registration. Yes. So uh, when you guys want to kick it off, what's a good, I, what's a good uh, summary of what to expect or what summit is? Uh, okay, so last year we had the idea to have Training Group Summit, which would be like a give back to the membership. Like we didn't make any money off of it. It was just like have a thing that people could come to and have different instructors and that sort of thing. And we set it up and I think it went pretty well. We ended up with some, some good instructors that uh, kind of, it would be like, Hey, what do you got? What do you want to teach? And they're like, oh, okay. And they teach that thing. Um, we had some food on what Saturday night. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was a nice training event. There was some stuff that didn't work out that well. There was a match put up for us on, on one of the nights that was, I think too much in the end, we didn't have enough shade that sort of stuff. Um, but but in the end, we decided to do it again. So what, what we're changing essentially this year is we're going to have a make it, we're going to charge a little bit more, but give the instructors, like pay their expenses to come and then ask a little more of the instructors. So we'll have over the three days, it'll be a progression. So it'd be almost like you're in one class, regardless of who's teaching it. Like you progress through uh, a series of skills or whatever over the three days. Uh, and then in order to help how much downtime there was, we're going to structure the downtime a little better and have like instructor Q and A's and again, have drills set up like we did last year. So, I mean, that's a pretty fair summary. I think what's changed. And those changes came from the feedback we got. I mean, we submitted a survey and we asked everyone, what did you like? What did you not like? What would you like more of? And based on the feedback we got, we made hopefully changes to, you know, accommodate what people want. Cause like you said, Ben, this is not a moneymaker at all. It's a, no, I suppose it's like a member appreciation event. Maybe is a fair way to say it. Yeah, and I think it'll be fun. I mean, I had but, a good time. But yeah. but this year, I think it'll be a lot better. So what we're planning is, uh, four like four time blocks in a day, and then each instructor will you know teach one or two different things over the course of one or two different days. When they're not teaching, they'll be in other people's classes. And then they'll have Q&A times where they'll just have a block of time where they're sitting in a particular place or they're on a bay and you can go uh, ask whatever questions you want or shoot a little bit with them, like depending on, you know, the situation. So I think that should be cool. Mm-hmm. So one thing I would like to mention is uh, whoever is participating in the summit, it would be awesome if you bring questions if you wanted to work on specific things, for example, like uh, a lot of people, I don't think uh, understand measurement drill very well. So if you wanted to work on measurement drill, um, you know, face to face with me, you can definitely come to me and hey, uh, let's go to this bay and teach me measurement drill, show me, demo it, or yeah, yeah. Or if you want to know, like, like if you're using the appropriate recoil spring, we'll schedule one on one with you and Ben, and Ben can discuss like every weight of recoil spring for Tanfolios. And how they all behave differently. Does that sound fair, Ben? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and then I guess the other part is who can sign up for the summit? And that is members only. So to be part of the summit, you need to be a member um, of training group. Uh, yeah. Also, oh, and for training group members, if you want to watch some of the instructor sections from last year, we have those in the forum. And uh, I can put a link for the show notes for this. But there's, I don't know, maybe. I don't know, four to six, something like that. I think training there's, blocks in there. 
Yeah, there might be as many as six. There's a few. And there'll be even more uh, from from this year. Yeah. Good. Uh, oh, also, it's worth mentioning ammo. How many, like, buckets of ammo do they need to bring? Uh, it'll be bring as much as you want, shoot as much as you want, but we'll we'll set it up. Um, well, what what advice should we give for the blocks? Like, maybe if you try to use 100 or 150 rounds per block of instruction or something, like, what would that be? 1,200 rounds over two days if you're in blocks half the time or something? How about you can work as hard as you want to? If yeah. you're really motivated and I want to shoot 500 rounds a day, you can absolutely do that. Yeah. And if you're thinking, man, I don't know, like a thousand rounds for all three days or 700 rounds for all three days is what I want. They're just working more dry training. I'm like, we'll accommodate well, yeah. that. Well, yeah. Well, if you don't have ammo, if that's the concern that you don't have the ammo, if you show up with only 600 rounds, are you going to have a bad time? Uh, I would say no. I would say still showing up would be okay. You know what I mean? You could just budget absolutely. your ammo super carefully and you'd still get something out of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just go dry uh, in live fire. There are definitely a lot of live fire stuff that can be done dry as well. So if you're short on ammo, um, doing dry would be fine too. And I mean, the price, I guess it's gonna be 250 bucks is the, is the cost of tuition. So for three days uh, to get to have, I don't have the instructor list quite finalized yet, but uh, some very, what, credible instructors, guys that know what's up, to be able to go pick their brain for three days in a row is, I think that's a steal. <laughs> Man, like, sign that's me great. up. Uh, okay, the next subject I would like to talk about. You know, we were talking about, like, coming up with this podcast. I was like, guys, I got this idea. It might be dumb. I don't know. I'm like, what do you guys think about this drill of the month thing? And your guy's like, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. And it's like, you never know how stuff's going to go over. But I would say that section is going crazy. And there is blessed. a lot of activity in there. Yes. Uh, I like it because it kind of highlights. There's a lot to say about any drill. If you're doing a drill, you'll have little observations and little things. There'll be things you learn as you work on a drill. And kind of getting everybody on the same page for a month at a time to talk about one drill and all the little things they're learning. I think that should help people. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, so who can post in that drill is literally anyone with a training group membership. You could be bronze, silver, gold. It doesn't matter. Feel free to post in there. Um, you can post. A lot of guys are posting videos, which is awesome. Posting questions, posting takeaways. I did the drill today and I learned this. What do you guys think? Or just sharing what they learned. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to contribute. And that's for anyone. You don't have to be a specific you know, forum member. Yes, there yeah. was a lot of interactions in uh, one of our member, Rob Epifania. He is, I can definitely say, um, he is one of the fastest in terms of gun handling. Mm -hmm. And he made a video explaining about his reloading cues. And he was very active on that section. So a lot of members were chiming in with their own secrets, so to say. Yes. Secret sauce. Mm -hmm. Well, yep. if every thread goes that well in that section, I will be happy. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and then the other thing to comment, the other thing to bring up is that you don't have to wait for an instructor to comment or anything like that. It is anyone that wants to share, comment, help each other is more than welcome to. So I definitely would encourage posting videos in live and dry. And then kind of just as a group, I guess to sound so cheesy, 
as a group, everyone's kind of getting better. Yes, yeah. I, I definitely saw a lot of people having improvements throughout the month of the drill. I agree. Uh, so let's talk about that a bit and what kind of what we saw and what, you know, takeaways guys are having. So the first drill of the month was four aces, mm -hmm. which everyone should be familiar with from the holster. Uh, draw, shoot two alpha, load the gun, and shoot two more alpha. That's, yeah. that's the drill. What are you guys seeing for takeaways and breakthroughs? Seems like there's been a vast, a vast array of things that guys have fixed. Yeah, I mean, you, you name it. Mm -hmm. You name it. Uh, so there was a lot of, I think, talk about angle of the gun during reloads. Mm -hmm. yes. Maybe guys didn't realize what was going on until they get it in video. It's like, hey... The magazine or your magwell is not even remotely po like pointed near your magazine pouches, and that uh, probably explains. Go ahead, sorry. Well, that didn't used to be a big a big cue that people would focus on. I think the focus has always been, hey, like get your vision on the magwell, and then your vision will guide the magazine in there. And I think we're from the school of thought that's more like, hey, get the gun angled correctly, and when the if those when those angles agree you will be more successful on the reloads. Is that, is that fair to? I, I totally agree. And it but seems not like everybody guys... has that school of thought. Like outside of, uh, I mean, outside of our, like uh, this group of shooting, we'd be rare. That's true. That's actually We'd true. be the exception among shooting instructors for giving that advice. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say, Professor? Yeah, um, I think, so competition shooters want to make everything efficient as possible. So like the angle, basically, you know, magwell angle facing to the pouch so that the magazine comes straight to the uh, magwell without change of direction. But I think some tactical shooter may have like the rifle in between them. So for them, it kind of makes sense to avoid the rifle in the path of the reload. So they bring it out and in. So two directional reload, I think, but it's still not efficient. So that school of thought, uh, especially people who had those kind of background too, had different or inefficient reload angles and stuff. Uh, that was definitely one of the things was dropped in the in the forum. Uh, there were a couple videos that's uh, related to that gun handling, you know, four aces already made. So uh, Joel made the angle of the reload before, and also Ben had the holster set up and the hip angle, things like that already done. So the, those links were shared so that people are going back to the video. And also there were some new videos that was posted. So I made the proper mag pouch set up. So mag pouch should be, um, the first pouch at least, should be near your straight uh, wrist angle. So it shouldn't be cocked forward. It should be cocked slightly back. So when you grab it, your wrist angle is straighter kind of thing was also dropped. And like the draw, uh, Ben had the draw analysis video dropped, and I had the 0.8 seconds draw development. Uh, so during the time, I think a lot of the gun handling efficiency was rediscovered and newly discovered for all the members who engaged there. Yeah, well, like you mentioned the mag pouch, like there was one guy that posted a video, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, man, like look at how you're, just stop and look at how you're, you know, grabbing the magazine from your pouch. I'm like, hey, have you tried mm -hmm. angling that back? He's like, man, I never even thought of that. Like the light bulb goes yes. on he makes a change and then he's instantly seeing better results. Yes. And that's huge. Just from having another perspective, somebody else looking at your shooting, it's like, Hey, what do you see here? Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah, Cause that's straight related to the angle mm -hmm. basically too. 
Like if the base pad or mag pouch is canted forward, you need to break your wrist angle to like close to 90 degrees. But when you reload, you don't want to have the wrist bent and the forearms in a different like misalignment there. Uh, you, you're going to have to rotate your wrist back to a straight line, but the wrist should maintain straight out of the pouch as much as possible. So those efficiencies. Yeah, yeah. and then with the draws, uh, Ben posted a really good video about just making the draw efficient, but maybe guys aren't moving their support hand like they should. Maybe they're, you know, they're bringing the gun too low, too high. It's not coming up to eye level. And Ben, is that fair? You name it, we've seen it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Four aces is, is a nice drill because uh, there's so much happening and it's happening fast. And yes. uh, it's really, it's a good test. It is. Well, and also test of tension. Because <laughs> that's, to we, me, that's the, the, the main issue. Because there's been a lot of people, I think, having breakthroughs on tension. Because you want to go fast, and they're doing reps over and over again, and they end up getting so tensed up, you get to the point where you can't do anything. So, yeah, mm -hmm. we've seen people work through those issues. Um, yeah, and like I said, oh, you mentioned Rob did awesome, Andreas, Jason. There's been a bunch of guys chiming in on that th uh, thread that have done a really good job at you know being helpful. Good. Yeah. Well, guys. That brings us to a new drill of the month. Yes. It's going to be bar hop. Oh, are you paywalling this? But yeah, you're, that's you, probably a good point. You son of a bitch. All right, well, <laughs> Ben said, what, the first taste is free or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so after the paywall, we're going to discuss the new drill of the month, which is bar hop, and then some takeaways, you know, what the drill teaches you step by step, what's likely to go wrong, all that fun stuff. So uh, stick around. We are back. Still sitting down with Ben and Kim. And guys, it's talk time to talk about bar hop. Ben, I'm gonna put you up on the spot. What is bar yeah. hop? What, are, what is this? All right, so what bar hop is, is a drill where you put a stick down on the ground and you have two targets out in front of you. Engage each target, then you move across the stick, like step over the stick and kind of plant yourself down in your stance and then, you know, engage your two targets again. The reason this is a thing is I needed a, a way to teach movement concepts on a line. So wow. I could, you can set this up in a firing line is why it's uh, a drill that I came up with. That's interesting. I didn't know the story behind that. Yes, that's why. And this so is a, what's oh, right? It, it ends up being a, a very efficient way to go and practice because you just set out two targets, put a stick on the ground, you know, mess around with it, adjust the distance as you go and all that. And this is a drill you could do in, I don't know, did you originally design it for live or dry fire? I assume so. But it well, really it works well both, both ways. with and without ammo. I think it's really, really a good drill. Yeah. I like you could, you could do this in your basement or you could be out on the range. Either one, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, so the goal is just to get the highest hit factor possible, right? Like technique doesn't matter. Just slam the targets, kind of, kind of trip over the yeah, stick so and slam it's, the targets. It, it's one of those things where there, you put in a couple of rules. So uh, the, the first, the first rule is I, I don't sit there and hammer myself with foot fault penalties. Like imagine if it was a match and that stick on the ground, like you'd get a foot fault if your foot's shooting on the wrong side or whatever. Um, I don't do that. I don't, I don't police it that 
that tight. That's not really the point of it to me. It's to to build in the fluidity of you know shoot your shooting. And then the other thing I'd say is uh, the the rule that I do put in there is you you want to try to have a, a nice stance when you start and when you finish. So finishing the thing like uh, on on one leg, you know, leaned off to the side is not what we're looking for. Yeah, even if you have a good time and good hits. That's not yeah, what I would not, consider to be a successful run. It's not building the right habit. Yeah. Uh, so what does the drill teach you then? How is this like hopping over the stick apply directly to shooting? Okay, so if you if you th- imagine you're in a, in a nice stance, um, a perfect stance, like facing a target downrange. Um, now we have that stick there and you're going to go, you're going to step across that stick. So you have to move a little bit. And then I want you to finish in that, you know, same stance again. So it gets you comfortable with the idea of moving a little bit. Um, the other thing it does is the way to go faster is to start uh, blurring the lines. So it'd be instead of shoot, move, shoot, it becomes shoot as you're shifting your, your weight towards the direction you're going to go and then shooting before your weight's really settled on the other side of the stick. You know what I mean? So th- the way you get faster and better at it is by becoming fluid and how you'd apply that in a stage is you're leaving a position i'm starting to move my body weight i'm moving my shoulders i'm going to go to the next position and while i'm doing that i'm going to engage a target or a couple targets so you're rounding corners off yeah that's i mean again you just get used to the idea of shooting unstable while you're unstable i should say mr kim what do you have to say so bar hop is, in a, as, as a movement drill, bar hop is definitely the drill I ran the most. Uh, is it because it's the easiest to set up? That's one reason. So yes, of course, sometimes I feel lazy and I don't want to set up too much. Uh, but the thing is, this drill is highly modifiable. You can change, uh, you can of course change the setup. Uh, so maybe having a wider transition, uh, so targets farther away could be uh, one way to set up differently, uh, or adding reload in between the bar. Could, those could be different way to set up. But another different way to set up is just uh, combining bar hop in two different positions. So you're focus uh, focusing on the initial step out. So the, if you shoot on the move a lot, it's very different shooting on the uh, first step or shooting as you are moving out versus you run and then slow down, cruise movement, and then shoot. Those two are completely different scenarios. So basically you can change the setup or change the focus of what you're working on. And this drill just teaches you so much. Uh, Of course, the initial setup we have, uh, you know, tight targets too, and there's bar hop, literally the initial setup Definitely teaches a lot too, but as you are changing the focus, uh, it also changes a lot of different areas. And one thing I really like about is this drill can be shot in rifle too. So this is something that I did a lot with rifle as well, because the longer stick makes the behavior of the dot very differently on the initial step. Uh, this is something I, it's, it's, it's in my routine. So there's a couple of things in my routine in dry fire and bar hop is always there. So like I said, I might be doing just regular style bar hop, or I would start drawing to the other stick and then finish the bar hop, 
or I could do one run of bar hop and then reload to the other stick and then do another run of bar hop. So I'm repeating bar hop twice, but adding uh, gun handling components in between the two. Uh, things like that gives me different focus, of course, nailing, uh, nailing the moving draw, moving reload on that initial step is definitely a different focus. And then uh, this can be shot goal two different goal focused. First one is time and the hits, so basically score focused uh, run or observational focus run. When I, what I mean by that is you're just observing what the dot behaves. So as you are crossing over, how is my dot or the front side moving? Is it moving up and down or left to right? Or is it diagonally going low? So oftentimes, a lot of people will just stand very tall, draw, and then as they are stepping out, their body gets super low. So the shot can be placing lower than they would like because of the body is compressing. So in this kind of case, you can work on as you're drawing, you can get lower in between the draw process and move in a level. So that's one thing. Moving in a level was very big key. So my dot is not behaving, moving diagonally, but just moving straight left to right, target to target. And this is a really good way to teach you the tracking component. Uh, of course, you got to pick a spot and then have the dot or the front side staying tracking, basically tracking in between the positions. So one thing that's mentioned on um, on the new drill level system, uh, actually a tracking system is on it, and it mentions about the vision focus and initiating the tracking component. So this drill can be so much. You can modify anything. Your depends on your focus. This just teaches you so much. I, I really love this drill. Well, I like what you're talking about with the vision stuff. Uh, let's talk about that a bit. So Ben. I'm in a stage and I'm running through the stage. And I want to shoot some targets in the move. And I notice the hits start trending in the way that I'm traveling. Yeah. What, what might that teach me and how could I apply that to bar hop yes. and would I be so, seeing the same thing? So usually what's happening there is you're focused on the site and it could be with, if you're shooting a dot, it'd be the same. You're focusing on the dot itself instead of on the target. So if you focus on the target, you're going to track the target. So you'll be, it's not like you aim once and then that's done. You're continually adjusting your aim intuitively just by looking at a point of aim. By tracking the target with your eyes, you're going to just automatically track it with your gun. And if your vision shifts onto the gun, then, of course, you're no longer going to be tracking the target intuitively. So you tend to hit in the direction that you're traveling. Bro, I'm going to be real with you. So I've done bar hop quite a bit in dry training. Because I'm lazy and something easy to set up, uh, like Mr. Kim, in a moment of laziness, I decided to shoot it. And then I'm as I'm traveling across the stick, and I'm kind of like paying attention. I'm noticing I'm really paying very close attention to the front sight, and I'm just watching the front sight slide across the target, and it moves from an, like an alpha to like you know a CD line. And I'm thinking, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's <laughs> how that then, works. Exactly. And then I, like this light bulb goes, oh, oh, I need to be watching the target, not my front sight. But that's really good, I think, to learn that in dry training. Because I, if I had ammo, maybe with the gun going off or who knows what else, I wouldn't pick that out. So I do think there's a lot to learn from doing this drill in dry, especially like what Kim was talking about, too, the vision component of it. Yes. Uh, I would like to introduce one big takeaway from the bar hop drill. 
is when I did the bar hop drill, um, so I really like analyzing the shot pattern, of course, like if it's going to the right side, but not only that, if it's a first shot or a second shot, that really may be different source of issue. So I always think about, hey, is this drifted shot from the first or the second? So my experience or my personal learning when I was doing it was as I am moving out of the position and hopping the bar and transition to the next target, I was not separating my upper body and the lower body. So as I am really trying to push hard on that step out, I was tensing up my shoulders together because my leg is trying to push. In that case, I was experiencing over transition because of the shoulder was locking. So the first shot was going to the right and I quickly realized, oh, I need to separate. I need to stay relaxed on my shoulder, but push hard with my legs. So that fixed my first shot going somewhere else. And then the second shot was like we just talked about, the visual tracking component was one of the biggest issue. I like it a lot. Uh, let's talk about the stepping part, the feet part. Um, yeah. Do well, it's bar hops, you literally hop, right? Or do you like cross step or wide step? What do you guys recommend? How should that look? I recommend you try it a bunch of different ways and you think about, you want to start in one spot and then end in the other spot um, and then try it a bunch of different ways. And then you'll understand based on target distance and difficulty, there'll be stuff that works better for different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the two, I, I was joking when I said hop, obviously don't do that. The bigger one or the two main ones, I guess, in my mind are cross-stepping. So, you know, like your feet are planted and if you're moving, I guess, from left to right, your left foot would move first to step across your right foot, if I'm making sense. And then once that foot lands, you know, your sights could be up and then you're going to plant your right foot next. So that would be what I'd call cross-stepping or like making a big step where I just step really wide with my like right foot in that situation. And then I bring my left foot over. So kind of like a crab walk, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, what do you guys, Kim? What do you think about the difference? We're gonna see the sites do. When would you use it in stage? What should they practice? Yes, all that. Business. Of course, it, uh, like Ben said, different distances of target setup and different difficulty of the target setup really changes uh, how you should be moving. Uh, so cross stepping is usually when you do them, you're cross stepping as you are shooting, and if you are doing, I just like I said, crab walk or uh, right foot and then left foot lens, like a sidewalk. Uh, in that kind of case, oftentimes I experience having a better stability when you do that. So on a very difficult target where I'm not wanting to basically move while shooting, because when I'm move, moving as I'm shooting, there's a tracking component and also the stability is not going to be as good as two feet planted onto the ground. So in this kind of case, if there's a no-shoot shot, risky shot, very difficult shot, I would just have my two feet planted, bam, 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 cross over, stabilize, bam, 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 in that kind of case. I like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree completely. That's been my also my observations. Because um, cross-stepping, especially for medium to easier shooting, faster shooting, that's something you actually will do in a stage also. Again, it's yes. crazy. This is a drill that actually like correlates to stuff you're likely to do in competition. Um, and then I think the way you step also, it's interesting, like what you're saying, to watch the sights. Because your sights do track and stop and move differently based on the different types of movements. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
And then Ben talked about earlier, I, I don't care about foot faults. I mean, obviously the goal is to shoot from each side of the stick, but if your foot's, maybe your toe's still touching one side or whatever, like I don't get too spun up about that because again, um, using shooting that drill through the lens of something you might actually do in a stage uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, well, think about the, it like this. Like, How often in a stage do you are you standing perfectly still and stable when you're shooting? You know? On the really stages, hard shots. Yeah. yeah. On a lot of stages, you're not, not doing that hardly at all. Uh, and then the other step, the other thing with movement, for me personally, because I was I would terrible, where I do this drill at the beginning. The reason I first started doing it, I should mention, is because I would never, I would always just stand like straight up, you know, feet are too close together. And then I'd kind of look down at the end of the drill and be like, oh, this wasn't what I was wanting. And so for me, it was like pass or fail. When I step across the stick, feet need to be at least shoulder width apart, knees bent. And then I would just kind of look down, are my feet in the right position, yes or no? And that was a good drill at helping me kind of ingrain that habit of just start and stop like that. Because like I was hinting at earlier, I could stop the drill on one leg off balance and maybe have a fast time or have good hits but that's not really teaching you uh, a behavior you'd want to use in competition. Yes, I really think it's a good drill to work on stability as well. Yeah, efficiency and stability, all that. And one thing I want to mention is, uh, one thing I did a lot with bar hop is also having the targets really wide apart. So we're talking about, in terms of target transition, 90 degrees plus in between the bar hop, let's say. So when the target becomes really wide, the hip direction comes into play and in between movement, rotating your hip to face to the next direction, next target, uh, working on that initial push with the hip rotation was really something I really liked as well. I like it. Well, we and talked about, oh, sorry. Sorry, if you're shooting production, uh, of course, uh, high cap, maybe not the case, but in production, how many cases do we have like a, step out and you have to reload in between two mm -hmm. yeah one step and you have another target but you need to reload in between so bar hop was one thing i really focused on with the reload as well so wide transition could be one way to do so left 90 i should reload stepping out in that case there it's more complicating than stick together uh no no big transition reload now your hip is straight to the target all the time but you're using the step out as you're reloading. That's one thing I practiced a lot. And also another thing, wide transition, right? In between wide transition, now I have to load with the hip rotating. So that's a different challenge. I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, we talked about everything that how we wanted to look. What is likely to go wrong? What do you suspect guys will be struggling through as they're working on this drill in the next month? Uh, to me, the... You're going to see two mistakes commonly, and this would be if you're at home listening to this, like there's, I'll give you two that most people will do. Number one is like, they're not going to be paying close enough attention to the site pictures. It'll be, they're, they're just not tight enough. So like you pointed out, Joel, you noticed you were shifting your vision onto your front site uh, during the dry fire and you know, you, you, learn from that a little bit. Most people don't exercise that awareness. So I would say pay close attention to what you're actually seeing. Don't accept a lot of sight vertical wobbling. Like you can do this very stable so that so you shouldn't allow the gun to bounce in your vision for sure. So pay attention to that. 
And then the other thing is really enforcing the stance thing. So I can't say it enough. Like when you finish a repetition, look down at your feet and really assess your stance and make sure that you're in as close to the ideal stance as you can get to. I like that. Um, what do you guys say about under-aiming or over-aiming? They could both happen. I think that is definitely a problem also. <laughs> because, what I again, my trial and error just through the years, I guess, doing the drill, is either I, like, I get so focused on the movement that it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's like, oh, cool, man. I was really... But then you look at the target and it looked like, you know, either the rifling was gone in my pistol or the, I got shot with a shotgun. Because I'm, you know, not really shooting a tight group. It's more like a pattern on the target. Um, and then otherwise I've noticed where I'm really wanting to make sure I, you know, get hits. And I'm stepping and then I'm waiting all day for me to get completely stable. My sight's completely stopped. You know, confirmation four, so to speak. Uh, on a, you know, a 10-yard target, let's say. So I kind of, me personally, I feel like I've went through the years to both extremes. Or I either wasn't using the sights or I was staring at them way too hard. Yeah. One common issue I see in bar hop is, uh, especially on the risky target where you're you're not crossing over, but you're just stepping out and stabilized shoot. A lot of the times I see the harsh footstep and the gun bounce back and forth and people shooting at that footstep landing at the same mm -hmm. time. Then if you are shooting on a no shoot target that's underneath the A zone, then you might be out of luck. And also, it could be reload situation too. You may be initiating that insertion, but the foot is stepping pretty harsh. Then the magazine and the gun can wiggle around and missing the reload kind of thing. So the, the step is one issue that you may face. So you want to make that as smooth as possible, stable, good ankle support, ankle stability. And then another thing is you may come in very nice, loaded weight, but you may end up standing back up as you're shooting. Mm -hmm. So your shot may be going up. So that bio biomechanics of movement can be challenging. Yeah, oh, you make a good point. That's a good idea just to even video yourself doing it because what people call it the elevator, I think, kind of where you come in low and you end up standing completely straight up. And if the application of a stage, if you went to a position, you came in really low, and then even gun movement aside, just your body, you stand straight up, and then when you want to leave, you're going to have to kind of spring, so to speak, lower your your build, you know, set your feet out wider, lower your stance. That way you can push out. So yes. you're literally just adding movement on both sides of that when you're setting up and when you're leaving. Mm -hmm. yeah. This drill really challenges both the visual part and the physical part. Yep. So it's a good idea to video yourself too and watch it immediately after a run. I agree. Um, and then I really, I mean, from, I guess my personal training, my goal was rounding off the edges where I was moving my shoulders and shooting targets, you know, like what I would want to do in a stage where I'm already shifting my body weight, my shoulders are moving. Maybe I haven't moved my feet, but like I was talking about earlier in the application of a stage, shooting, you know, targets while I'm leaning out of a position. And this drill is just perfect for doing that because you can, you know, if you're focusing on that aspect, you can get a lot of reps in, in a short amount of time and especially doing it dry, so I can see exactly where the sights are tracking, how they're stopping, what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we hit this out of the park. That's a lovely podcast. I think uh, I think there should be a lot of engagement on this, this uh, month's uh, 
drill. So we'll we'll see how the thread goes. I definitely hope so. Yes. So yeah. So guys. yeah, Joel, you want to see people's videos in there? Yes. Yeah, you yes. want to see that. You want to see, you know, if they're having a problem, you want to hear about it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. If you're having good results, bad results, learning things, post your videos, comments, takeaways. Anyone can comment in there. You don't have to be an instructor. So the whole goal is just group learning. And I mean, it's kind of like to go back, like I was watching the silver, like the, the reviews in silver because somebody else is doing this thing on a stage and Kim's saying, hey, don't do that. This is why this I'm like, oh, I think I do that too. So, I mean, even watching other people's videos and critiques, feedback other people are getting, you learn that way also because there's always stuff you can apply to your shooting. Yeah. And w one last note I have is in terms of setup, uh, especially in dry fire, if, you're, if your surface is like a concrete, not like a carpet, then if you hit the bar, it's going to shoot and you hit your furniture. So it is completely okay to have like a mark rather than actual stick. Oh, so sometimes I would, I would have like a cone right in front of me or sometimes I would just have a line, like a Sharpie line, some kind of thing. Could be totally fine too. Perfect. I like it. Mm. Well, guys, thanks for taking care of this for me. I didn't have to do anything. You guys just did all the work. I love it. <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. So training group guys and gals, uh, go to the thread. Let us know, you know, what you're learning, what you're struggling with, post videos. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Yep. We like all that. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Training Group Live. Stay up to date at practicalshootingtraininggroup.com or pstg.us for short. If you have a question or a comment, head to the Training Group Live section of the forum. Remember, the best questions turn into show topics. If you aren't a member of PSTG, we hope today is the day we earn your subscription. And with that, train frequently, train hard, but most of all, train smart.